Made with Opinion, the world's first easy-to-use podcasting app. I remember my first job out of college like it was yesterday. I was newly married and I took the first job that was offered to me simply to pay the bills while my husband finished graduate school. I was a call center operator for a major health insurance company. Needless to say, it was a thankless job with terrible hours where people basically called to yell at me because their health insurance claims were denied. Additionally, my supervisor was not nice, to say the least, and the work was not utilizing my actual skills and talents. One day, my supervisor threatened to write me up for something completely ridiculous, and I had had it. In tears, I fled to the break room and called my dad. Looking for sympathy more than advice, I sobbed to him how completely unfair it was that after all my diligent work, my supervisor had the nerve to pick on me of all people. He patiently listened and then said, You know what, Kath? This is a part of life. I've had many horrible bosses over the years, and you just have to dust yourself off and go back in there and do the best work you can each day. Confounded, I sniffled an agreement and tried my hardest to make it look like I hadn't been crying before heading back to my cubicle. Astonishingly, I made it through the rest of the day and showed up again and again, trying to do my best before I could finally hand in my two weeks' notice several months later and go to graduate school myself. While it would be nice for us all to be in our dream jobs, sometimes work can be a necessary evil. There are difficult people to deal with, long hours, and stress that's hard to put aside when we're done for the day. This episode of the My Self-Care Bestie podcast will help you find ways to not only cope with your work struggles, but it will also provide ways to help make each workday more enjoyable. After all, if most of our waking hours are spent working, shouldn't we try to make them as pleasant as possible? So each workplace, boss, set of coworkers, and job requirements are unique, which means there will likely be things you love about them and, well, things you don't. It's important to have an understanding of both in order to make the right types of changes going forward. So let's begin by taking stock of the positive aspects of your current job. There is a checklist that will help you do this in the issue number four of My Self-Care Bestie, which is available in my Etsy shop if you guys are interested. I also want you to do some journaling about what you like about your job and what you wish was different. That's gonna be really helpful going forward. Once you have that done, you're gonna move on to the next thing, which is imagining your perfect workday. It's time to dream a bit now and imagine your perfect workday. Why, why would we spend time on this? Simply put, once you figure out what it is that would make you happy in your job, you're halfway to making it happen. On the other hand, if you don't know what it is you really value in a job, you won't be able to assess what changes you need to make, if any, to get where you want to be. Now, while making big changes at work is sometimes easier said than done, the first step to making any type of change is always to imagine how things would look and feel if they were going perfectly. Then you can begin to work towards making your ideal workday a reality. There's another exercise in the issue four of my self-care bestie, all about work stuff, which helps you rate what things, how things are currently going at work on a one to 10 scale. And then you describe what a 10, a perfect 10 would look like, describe what your actual number where you are right now would look like, and then think about one step closer. So if you're a six right now, what does that look like? If you're a seven, what would it take to get to a seven? Um, And then what would a perfect 10 look like? Now it's so easy to get swept away by our emotions or stress as the workday progresses. Often we begin the day with the best of intentions and somehow become frazzled and fed up by the end of it. The solution 
addition is intentional planning at the outset of your workday. Again, I have another worksheet in the fourth issue of my self-care bestie that you can use as often as you feel is helpful to decide what you want to focus on, how you want to feel, and where you want to direct your energy at work. Deciding these things at the beginning of your day will make a huge difference in how you feel come quit in time. It's very important to figure things out and not just be kind of guided by whatever happens. Now, whether you commute to an office each day or your home is your office, you can find ways to infuse your working hours with self-care, the same as you would when you're off the clock. It may look a little different than your go-to self-care, unless you work at Google, because I hear they have nap pods there that they encourage their employees to use. But there's plenty of ways to make sure you're taking good care of yourself, even on the job. The key is to be intentional. There's that word again. When you begin the workday with a plan for being good to yourself, you're a thousand times more likely to act in ways that are actually good for you. Use the list of self-care suggestions in the issue number four of my self-care bestie, or you can make your own. Um, I'm going to give you some examples here, and then I would encourage you to think about what you could add to the list. So for self-care at work, you could light your favorite candle, step outside for a short breath of fresh air, do a quiet meditation, go for a walk on your lunch break, read a book at lunch instead of your phone, write five strengths you bring to your workplace, journal for five to 10 minutes, decorate your office with things you love, take a break to stretch, drink some water, declutter your workspace, or do a random act of kindness for your coworker. Now, I get a lot of questions about work stuff, so I'm gonna answer my, your top questions that I get most often. One question is, what's the best way to handle stepping into a new job and wondering if I'll be accepted filling someone else's role? Well, first of all, congratulations. A new job is exciting, but it can also be a challenge. The best way to handle any anxiety about fitting in is to forget about trying to fill someone else's role. The role is now yours, so don't be afraid to own it in your own unique way. Out of all the people interviewed, the powers that be chose you for this particular role. Try not to worry about what other people are thinking about you or comparing yourself to someone else. Keep your head down, do your best every day, and remember, you're brought to this position for such a time as this. Question two. Sometimes it's hard for me not to take my coworkers' actions, behaviors, and comments personally. Do you have any advice for handling this? Ugh. In a perfect world, everyone would be kind, but obviously we've lived long enough to know there are difficult people in just about every setting. Remember that hurting people are the ones who hurt people. Try to separate yourself as much as possible from those who continue to be rude. If necessary, talk to someone in HR about the behavior. No one should have to work in an environment where they're being mistreated. At the end of the day, you can remain in control by setting clear boundaries with difficult coworkers. Question three. I'm having difficulty saying no to my boss's unreasonable demands, but my physical and emotional health are starting to suffer because of it. What should I do? Okay, again, boundaries are so important. We all have limits on our time and energy, so take time to think about what you are and what you're not willing to do as far as working longer hours, working through breaks, etc. Try talking to your boss about how you've been feeling, if they're approachable. If not, you may need to take it up with HR. Your health is important, and it's up to you to protect it. If all else fails, you may need to search for a new job. So many people end up staying in jobs they hate because they feel they have no other choice when nothing could be further from the truth. It may not happen overnight, but if you start exploring other options now, you'll be well on your way to taking back your health. Okay, the fourth and final question. I work from home, which I love, but it's hard for other people to really understand what I do because of it. 
For example, people think I can spend my day however I want and take breaks whenever I feel like it, which isn't the case. It feels awkward to manage this along with the demands of my home. Any words of wisdom? The best advice here is to do you. Try using the printables in the fourth issue of My Self-Care Bestie to guide you as you plan time for work tasks, home tasks, and social and fun time. It may be helpful to stick to set hours each day where you focus just on work, like nine to five. You can explain to friends and family that you'll no longer be able to take long lunches or hang out during the day, except maybe on Friday, but you'll be happy to schedule time for them on the weekends. Think about how you want your workday to look and protect the boundaries on your time. Soon people will learn when you are and aren't available. And if you guys have any other work questions, feel free to email me anytime at seaburstcounseling at gmail.com. All right, if you're looking for another simple way to make any workday better, the quickest way to relieve stress and increase your peace is to get off your bum and move for a bit. Aside from the known benefits to your physical health, recent studies have actually shown that being sedentary all day is as bad for your health as smoking. Exercise will give you a boost in energy and a lift to your mood almost immediately. You don't have to hit the gym on your lunch break, though kudos to you if you do. Simply taking a brisk walk, even for 5-10 to minutes, or going up and down the stairs a few times is enough to get the mood boost you're after. Alright, a few final thoughts that I want to close with before we wrap up this episode for good. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. A couple closing thoughts for you. We all know that all work and no play is no way to live, but my sincere hope is that this episode provided you with some ideas to make work easier and more fun. We spend so much of our lives working that we would be remiss to not consider how to thrive there rather than merely survive. At the end of the workday, it's usually a tweak here or a tweak there and not necessarily a major overhaul that makes our work life better. However, if you should find that a major overhaul like a new job or new industry is something that would bring you more joy and peace, I encourage you to give yourself permission to explore your options. Too many people live their lives counting down until Friday and dreading Monday morning. Now, because change doesn't happen unless we choose it, what's one thing you will change as a result of what we've covered this month? Take a moment and write it down. You've got this, my friend. Now get out there and slay.